0: Welcome to the F1 101 podcast. We are Brandon and Olivia, and this episode, we are talking about the Spanish Grand Prix review. So we were all poised for kind of a snooze fest of a race, and then shit just popped off. So I don't know where to begin, except that like I kind of called it. I had Russell on third, and I had Verstappen winning, so Perez was a little of the... Uh, the dark horse in in the mix, but I'm not too too surprised.
1: All right, so we have to eat our words because that was a really, that was a really entertaining race. I actually think that's in the running for, uh, the best race of the year so far. I guess Bahrain was pretty good.
0: What makes it the best race so far?
1: Just things kept changing. Yeah. Uh, unpredictable. Uh, lots of interesting. Battles and interesting frustrations that were then overcome. I mean, in some ways, Max was having a nightmare race and ends up winning. Lewis was ready to quit <laughs> on the first lap, and his his uh, engineer Bono had to tell him like to stay out there. Uh, and then he ends up, you know, ascending way up the order and nearly getting fourth. Leclerc has a great race and then doesn't finish. So. You know, Russ Russell was doing a lot. Checo was doing a lot. Botas was. Overperforming and kind of slipped. Yeah, I don't know. There's just there was a lot, a lot going on.
0: There's a lot of little moments. The stakes are always pretty high. The first place position changed hands four times. Right. It was Leclerc had. First position at one point. Yeah. Verstappen.
1: Checo, Checo had it. Russell, and Russell
0: had it. Yeah. So I think. This is not my my one and hard and fast rule, but when you're watching a race and the first the leader of the race switches positions up to four times, like yeah four, that, that's more than average for that sure you can tell okay, there's a lot of action going on the stakes are are super high in the front, but also in the back, you know we have Lando dealing with some hay fever, which I don't know is that like seems like some of the seventeenth century illness yeah, he's got and like tuberculosis only, you know, toddlers and... had um. But he, you know, he was having a rough race. There's kind of a different moments. You're following a lot of different journeys. Um, it wasn't really like, you know, a one and done kind of thing. I'm sort of looking at this race as like a part one and a part two, like a half one and a half two. Um, and I think for a lot of different drivers, there was a big switch between the first and the second half. Well,
1: this was a pivotal. Not only was this entertaining as an isolated spectacle, but this is, I think, will go down as. Uh, a significant turning point or narrative point in the, the whole trajectory of the season. Because we have a couple big things happening, right? One, uh, after some nightmare reliability issues, Max is on top of the Drivers' Championship. Red Bull mm-hmm. is on top of the Constructors' Championship. So mm-hmm. that swap has already happened. Not that we are, of course, writing Ferrari out by any means. Also, after their nightmare start, I think... If there is a Mercedes are back narrative, right, this is the weekend that 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 started. Looking a lot better in qualifying, a lot better on race day, Uh, almost finished 3-4. And even though, you know, uh, Russell in particular has been a consistent finisher, he always seemed like he was really fighting the car and getting a little bit lucky. Whereas this week, it really looked like, oh, that car is a lot faster than it was. Um, and they, they created a huge get. There's a huge gap between them in third and McLaren in fourth. I don't see like that.
0: A monstrous gap. Yeah. yeah. I don't
1: see that um, being closed. So we'll see if they, they're still maybe a half a step back from really being able to compete for a win without getting lucky. But they really close that gap. So if we can have if it's really a top three instead of a top two and you know because with mercedes they don't have as clear of a one two situation because russell's been s- super strong <laughs> so wild if you have six cars that are in a contention i mean and checo could have gotten that win today maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk a little that. bit more about that um he's gonna want to think that he could have gotten and i think there's room to be a little bit skeptical but uh if we go into these next races with six cars that can win, that's that's exciting.
0: And the six cars, Bottas, not signs, right? That's right. <laughs> <Okay>. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, so a couple of things that we were talking about pre-race, like we were doing the episodes or leading up to this race, was um things to kind of watch out for and look forward to. And one was can can Red Bull close the gap, and not only okay, have check. they, they have like they surpass. So that's a check. What are you know Mercedes upgrades going to bring? Yeah.
1: Um, they seem to be working. That so huge that's answered.
0: And you know what? It's not even just that there is some there's a problem. The problem is being understood. You know, it's different having a problem and then not, you know, kind of troubleshooting a lot. There seems to be a way to figure something out. That's a very different position to be working from It's more of a st- position of strength we're working from. But I we really got a chance to see Russell Pull some moves and be crafty and yeah. show real ability. And I think that that those that comment from Hamilton about wanting to just save the engine and like retire, you know, P nineteen and just being like, well, like this shitty startup had. I mean, it's just says, you know keep going to then come back all the way to what a very nearly P four. I think that what this is going to change ultimately is just the confidence you can put in yourself. A little self-belief. A little more self-belief. I Like, if the motto of this race is just like, keep going, keep fighting, believe it. Yeah. For Sappin, into everyone that kept it was rewarded in some way.
1: Right. Right. Because, right, Lewis, he gets clipped by Magnuson and what do you know, make it of turn that two or three well just a- Magnuson thought it was, was his fault which is ridiculous I mean it was more Magnuson's I don't I don't think it merits um intervention by the stewards in terms yeah. of penalty like it, it's a bummer but let it let it just work itself out um but no that was that was majority Magnuson's fault I and mean, you know it happens on the opening few turns it's it's super crowded um it wasn't like a ri- ridiculous move by Magnuson, just a little, little overly ambitious. But anyway, so Lewis drops back to twentieth. He has to pit again to get his car right, and he's like, according to his post-race interview, like thirty seconds behind nineteenth place. It's just like, wow, I'm, uh, this is this is bleak. Ah, uh, but we remember it was just like five months ago that he you know advanced to over twenty five people over the course of a sprint and a race in Brazil, including incurring penalties both and uh, both for for both the sprint and the actual race itself. Uh, and it's it seems more like five years ago than than five months. And you just saw that sort of broken willpower, that broken self-belief. Like, oh, maybe, you know, should we just save this engine? Like, this is already a lost cause. And I'm hoping he comes away from this weekend with a little bit rejuvenated, like, you know, no matter what happens, I I can compete. I can make something special happen. Because you don't want to, I don't know, you don't want to see Lewis's career kind of just die with a little whimper in the last season.
0: And you don't want to see someone phone it in. You don't want to... S- there's so many Mercedes fans. There's so many people watching him. I mean, millions and millions of people are just like, tune into every... Hang on to every word and watch every single move he makes. I can see just everyone a collective feeling of like you want him to do better you want him Mm. to be like Mm. succeed in some way whether it's you know not winning the championship at this point but there was to bring all of that belief to you know and to demonstrate that into such a wide audience i mean i hope that that is enough that is satisfying enough to Bring that in through into the next race, the next couple of races, and to to really feel like you can get into a stride because it just, you need that thing that's just going to turn it and then you can coast on that a little bit
1: more. You know where I thought, where I really realized that this Mercedes car had something was toward the end where both signs and uh Hamilton were behind Botas for a while Botas is yes. in fourth yes. ultimately Botas his uh his tires were getting old he I think pitted one time less because all the top cars pitted ended up with a three. three three stop strategy which is probably more than most people would have guessed and uh I think Botas ended up twice so he he and Botas he, he ran a great race uh to, to be staying up that high again his teammate Joe has to retire again. We don't know why, but
0: do they just have enough money to do yeah, one car? Yeah, yeah. They just they
1: gave him. Yeah, we can only fill up one, one gas d- <laughs> tank all the way, and we'll just.
0: It's four dollars a gallon. Yeah, so yeah. I gotta, like, I yeah, get yeah it. gas I'm is. Yeah, a, yeah it it's
1: makes uh. Sense. Whew, gotta gotta tighten our belt here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the biggest intra-team disparity. It's a little hard on Joe. I feel like he's been terribly unlucky, also, but. Botas is driving great, but he couldn't hang on. So both Signs and Lewis get him, and then when then Lewis passes Signs, you know, the Ferrari. They're both on the three stops. There's not a huge delta there. Uh, I don't remember exactly, you know, when they pitted respectively, but still, um, that made me realize, "Oh, there's there really is some juice in this Mercedes to be passing the Ferrari uh, in in that circumstance."
0: No hundred percent. It was a really great move, and I think. If we had to sort of make one little clip or about Hamilton's back and our Mercedes like are getting momentum, yeah. that would be the clip I would choose to show, like demonstrate this is exactly what they're capable of. This is what we can probably hopefully see more of.
1: So, another case study in everything seeming to go wrong and then it ending up well is, of course, our race winner, Max, who uh, okay, he started fine. Um, you know, wasn't able to get Leclerc into turn one, which I was kind of had my fingers crossed for. I had
0: my breath held at the you know at the start. You were thinking he's gonna get off that straight at that straight line speed and just kind of take him before he into turn and one. He
1: spins out in that same spot. Signs did uh, on the ninth lap. Able to catch it, just went in the gravel. Apparently, no damage. So he drops back to I think it was fourth. And he finally gets up behind Russell, and they have, you know, one of the one of the signature battles of this race. He keeps trying to get him. He keeps pulling, you know, right behind him. He wants to use that Red Bull straight line speed on that huge start-finish straight. Uh, and he can't quite get him. And then he's having all these DR, the DRS is not opening, but sometimes it opens a little bit, and he's going absolutely crazy, you know, thinking my my car is sabotaging me. So he's driving angry and frustrated. He's, you know, swearing all over the team radio. And then, of course, he ends up with the with the win. So, you know, just, just goes to show you.
0: I know. There was definitely palpable energy from those radio calls. It's like the frustration was completely felt. I mean, nobody was um, in disagreement about that. It was... Uh, I was really worried that there would be some... Some mistake. Some mistake made out of that mm-hmm. frustration, that anger. But there was... The battle between Russell and Verstappen was pretty clean. And there was... Everyone was giving enough space. And I think that that was... That's what made it sort of nice to see. Is that you weren't like... Your, th- your throat... heart wasn't in your throat worry, worried about... Was there going to be a collision? Was there going to be crash? Was there going to be, you know, words thrown back and forth? Like it actually was in the most respectable, clean way. I mean, r- frustration aside, I think... The way that those two were able to battle each other was help but was done really beautifully
1: it was it was good um Russell had this defensive move where at the end of that uh long straight into turn one, he would kind of cut over in the breaking zone, which mm. you're not really supposed to do um but you know it was it was clean enough ultimately
0: all right so what are some major
1: well, let's finish with with Red Bull, okay. and then let's talk a little Ferrari. So the other side is, Checo has a great race, too, and he ends up uh, out in front at one time because I think Max and Russell Pitt, and he's doing well. His DRS is working. When he was third behind those two, he was wanting to be let through, thinking I can get Russell sooner, my tires are fresher, and my DRS is working. Uh but the team decided to let, you know, not to insert a team order at that point, give Max a chance. And then when he's out out in front, uh, ultimately, you know, once Max got around Russell, Max was in second. So it was just the two Red Bulls out in front in space. Uh, and ultimately, you know, there was a question of do we let him race? Do we request that they hold position. Do we let Checo go through? And ultimately, Max did have more pace so they did. uh ask Checo to let Max by, which he did. But then he's saying, "I want to talk afterward. It's not fair." You know. Do you let if you're if you're Christian Horner or their engineer? Do you let your two cars race when they're one and two and not under immediate pressure from another team? Do you ask him to hold? Do you say, "Hey, Max is." the defending champion, he's the one who's going to take the lead in the championship again if he can finish ahead of Leclerc. You know, it's like that's, we have to cater to him, you know, when necessary.
0: Right. So I think the three main storylines coming out of this race is you know, Red Bull's able to take over the championship, Um, Mercedes is, is making a step forward, and that the difference between Ferrari and Red Bull is that Red Bull has a very clear one-two, whereas ferraris they've been able to decide a one-two based on on the track. Right, no they haven't had to intervene
1: ha- exactly. from so, above. Nor has uh, Mercedes.
0: Exactly. So this is a very different um, team energy, I think. Mm-hmm. I I mean, all right. If you I, just are... to be clear,
1: I do think Max would have gotten Checo on track eventually. But do you want your cars to be putting, you know, risky moves on your, you know, your one car and your other car on track? Do you want, you know, cars to be wasting uh, tires, you know, making ballsy defenses? Like there's, there's a potential cost there
0: you don't for a couple of reasons and especially in this race because it was so hot the tire degradation was so high you don't want to risk doing a a puncture or another pit potentially Mm. and it's already was what was it 98 degrees on the track like you don't want to be at your max all the time if you have a chance to breathe and like regain like to just kind of keep it and get it through to the line. Like, you want to take that, give that rest on your body. So I think for both of them, to have them, it was such a physical and demanding race. I think just to have that break too, just to not completely dehydrate and completely falter. Like, I'm surprised that they are not, you know, they can still have clear vision by the end of 66 laps and 98 degrees. So I think for a lot of different reasons, if you can take, not just to... You know keep the peace and you know manage any tires or car damage it's for the physical benefit of both of the drivers to like take a little respite especially when they you know had pulled so far ahead you know third is not a threat I don't know I love seeing that Checo is a worthy and determined and hungry driver because I think a lot of times you just don't you don't you discount him a little bit more, and it's these moments where you feel like, okay, he maybe Max would have gotten him in the end, but just wanting it, yeah, it's enough to feel like I have so much admiration and respect for him.
1: Yeah, it's like you you don't want someone who uh, isn't willing to stand up for themselves.
0: Completely. All
1: right, let's talk Ferrari a little bit. Leclerc, you you hate to see it.
0: It's Undeserved. terrible. It was so terrible. Yeah. Um. All right. So post race, Leclerc said, you know. Everyone has had, you know, suffered reliability issues. We've gotten off easy so it's far. It certainly
1: it's happened to Red Bull but it twice, is, so.
0: You know, this it, time it got us.
1: Yeah, you, but it's you, a bummer. You
0: can't, uh, you don't know, ever want it to happen, but it does happen. So I give it eighty
1: percent chance he would have won the race. Uh,
0: it seemed so easy. It seemed like it was going to happen. He was certainly Drake in a great position. Out, out three hundred and fifty thousand dollars now. He should have put his money. He's like even that.
1: more upset than Leclerc. I, <laughs> signs uh, solo spin out yeah into the gravel I think this guy just loves gravel i mean <laughs> what he can't keep away like here he is self sabotaging again it's too much it's his nightmare season on his home oh. race but he keeps it together he's able to drive back on the track and Good finish recovery. fourth ultimately Really more like fifth unmarried because the, the Mercedes were leaking water at the ends. Lewis literally had to coast for the last lap.
0: How many people have lucky. passed signs on this race? I'm, I don't know. This. I'm curi- I'd be curious to know.
1: Passed signs? Mm-hmm. well
0: How many times was he over- overtaken?
1: When you're not counting when he was in the gravel and a great many cars passed? I
0: don't know. I I'm- mean,
1: technically, I, I guess those count in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Well, Hamilton got him before he got him back because Hamilton had to stop, you know, racing effectively. Uh, How many people got signs? Well, Russell got him at the start. Mm-hmm. Hamilton later. I'm not sure that I remember any passes on him aside from when he was off.
0: Right. So it wasn't that he, you know, didn't hold his position when he had it, but he's... Kind of some rough starts. He's been kind of tending toward falling back a little bit. He always seems to lose a position. Uh, very unlikely that he gains position when he starts. So far this season, um, he's lucky to hold on. To yeah, he one. had a bad start. He had a pretty rough start, spinning off, getting passed by the Mercedes.
1: But after it was after that, it was after that it was pretty clean.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't. Yeah, it's still. It's still a little bit suboptimal. I mean, what
0: B, B plus? Like, it's just you know, pretty a little bit better than okay.
1: I think I think you're actually being slightly too slightly too generous there. All right, let's go down the the pecking order here and just give any shout outs or demerits uh, as needed. So the best of the rest, in a sense, is Botas at six. Again, he spent a lot of time in fourth. That's still great. In that car uh, his his kind of dream season continues um, I
0: mean what better than p six yeah what could best
1: you... best performance from a from a midfield car
0: hundred percent you
1: know it's like there's like different tiers like he's a best in best in midfield class
0: I feel like he's sure the last year and that in, and then
1: sadly that includes the McLarens too
0: he's had so many up and downs. Last season, the season before, even some highs, a lot of lows. It's nice to see it just kind of keep it steady. He shows up for work. He checks in. Has his little coffee. Does a couple laps. Gets a good P six. You know, flies back home. Does you know works on his house. It's it's all good. You know he's he's doing good.
1: Ocon finishes seven. seven. Where did Ocon start? We should, I should know this. I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember either,
0: but I feel like he gained a place <laughs> he, or two. He,
1: he gained some people. Okay. Um, Norris finishes eight, feeling sick. He started 11th, I believe, because he had a lap time deleted in qualifying, which yeah. is actually pretty pretty harsh, ultimately. But Lando, yeah, he does good good enough.
0: Hay fever aside, P8, he's now one point behind ahead of Botas. Okay. So... He's holding on to I think like fifth or sixth. Sixth. Seventh?
1: I think it's more like seventh. Let's look at that in a minute.
0: He's gonna do a little bit more to kinda to just keep that. It's still
1: it's still a lot to figure out for for McLaren. They didn't look like they had it. I don't know if this was maybe just wasn't the track for them or something, but they didn't look that great in quality. Not terrible, I guess. Ricardo started like P9 or something. Okay, Alonso did poorly in qualifying. I think he was out in Q1, right? Decided he took a, I forget what, but some sort of part. So he was back at 20th. Again, by the first lap, he had already made up like five spaces, pure Alonzo style. Mm-hmm. But, but the poor luck, even though he did kind of bounce around a lot in this race... Uh, in the midfield spots, he didn't have any terrible luck, and he ends up finishing P nine in the points for a solid, you know, eleven places gained. Uh, beaten, I guess, only by only by Hamilton in that sense. But that's still that's still a big that's still a, a total thumbs up for Fernando
0: to start off your home race from the literally the very very back. And I think he did himself proud. I didn't he did the crowd the crowd proud. Um, that was really nice to see. Just to see that that an ascension forward, you know, just like car after car after car. I like that little that little moment between him and Vettel. There was definitely something going on that seemed exciting and fun, and you know, you you see his personality and, and his desire come through, in and all those little little moments, and so that was nice. I'm sure he would have liked to finish higher. Um, I think you know if you look back over the weekend, this was a dream result.
1: All right. The next few places here are kind of these are sort of the meh places. You're we're no, I mean, not really, not yeah. criticizing, but not you know overly congratulating. I guess Yuki get gets a point at tenth. I guess you know that's more positive than negative. Vettel at eleven. He was in there in the ra- in the racing, you know, having some fun in the midfield, but just out of the points again. Ricardo at twelve. You don't love it. Gasly at 13, you don't love it. Mm. Schumacher, I mean, this was a good qualifying for Haas. Uh, They both made it into Q3, and I think it was Magnussen in 8th and Schumacher in 10th, so they would have been hoping for a double points finish. And Schumacher's first time in Q3. First time ever, huh?
0: First time ever. But
1: he can't do it. He finishes 13... 14. 14, sorry stroll 15 latifi 16 which is you know not good but it's actually it's good for him because it's the first time he finished above his teammate Mm -hmm. and the williams car looked trash i mean that was even the the hazes and the aston martins they were still in their midfield racing i mean they made you know successful passes at various times so and uh the Williams seat from my memory did not so not only does he finish uh above his teammate but also manages to pass Magnussen's Haas so that's more positive than negative brutal race for Magnussen I'm not sure what happened to Albon the camera spent almost no time on him but finishes last among the finishers so the Williams' is was was definitely the worst car I mean, he was just weekend. a ghost. Yeah.
0: How disappointed are you and Aston Martin? Or do you just not even care about them at this point? You've just...
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they... They, uh,
0: they got a little modeled buzz. Their,
1: modeled, yeah, they got a buzz for copying the Red Bull, just like they copied the Mercedes a couple years back. But it doesn't seem to have done them any favors, so we'll... <laughs> maybe we'll not need to take this one up with the FIA uh, after all
0: i think i would say my biggest disappointment is Schumacher because maybe he's just been given too much hype maybe there's just too much over excitement about him and attached to the name i mean his uncle you know was a very good racer too i mean you it wouldn't be out of the question to think that there you know there's something in the family dna but i just don't see him making it happen you know, there was I know Haas had a, had just a, a garbage car um last year. Last year, and yes. and you yes, can't they did. really you can only, you know, do with what what you have. But you people could all thinking, you, the best oh, you he'll... could do is
1: thrash Nikita Mazepin every week, which he <laughs> did, so <laughs>
0: You could mm-hmm. get, you know, people. Are like, Oh, he'll get, you know, Ferrari seat. He'll he'll come up, you know, and up the ranks at some point. Yeah, and people are like Carlos
1: to... Sainz, but are watched like, uh, let's let's slow down. You think Ferrari wants to put, is eager he to put Schumacher in one of those seats? No way. Not until until they see a lot more.
0: Kid, but I don't see that. He, I don't think he has that extra something special that is going nah. to even the magic, get a race win.
1: The magic dust. I it's don't not see on it. his it's not on his it. head.
0: I never really saw it. And this year especially I don't see it. I mean, all right, second year in. I you know, I'm going to hold off a lot of judgment, but my my instinct, my gut here is if I'm a if I'm a big team and I have maybe a couple of seats open and I was like, you know, looking over my shoulder a little bit see like what an upcoming talent is no, no I'm way. not I'm not putting him on my list.
1: No, you're looking at Piastri you're looking at uh can Gasly maybe uh, I mean he's not having the best year so far but he's still is there going to be a way for him to move up yeah even if if there were to be a vacancy at Mercedes or Ferrari or something you look at can they swipe Lando you know something like that um you're not looking at at Schumacher all right let's do um Driver of the day, and uh, what's the opposite? Anti-driver of the day?
0: Um, yeah. Well, I'll come up with something snappy. Just okay. Give me a week. All right. So, driver of the day. It's really between. Is it between a few, for a couple different reasons? But I want. I I really respect Hamilton in this in this race. I think that showed a lot, not just the talent, the driving, like the potential of the car which i thought was very exciting too, mm-hmm. but you know, the the emotional journey.
1: No, he had to he had to swim through a cloud of his own doubt and despair and kind of, you know, negative thinking to to get to a better place and he he made it. He made it through. He passed through his own, you know, inner inner gauntlet and i think came out with more optimism and hope. My pick is Hamilton by My the way. My pick is
0: Hamilton, but after that i'd give it to Russell. Yes. After that I'd give it to Max, and then Checo. I
1: I think I might have the same pecking order. Uh,
0: get your own pecking order. Okay,
1: anti <laughs> anti driver of the day. <sighs> I mean, we I, I didn't see what he did, but Albon doesn't have much to be happy with here. But maybe it's Mick. I'm,
0: I was gonna say Magnussen.
1: Oh, Magnussen, He's my yeah, anti driver, yeah.
0: because he started off, he made some errors, he, did he didn't harm. really recover. No, yeah, he didn't recover. He kind of was getting a little sloppy. Um, I think he's just falling back. I mean, for where he started in the season to be P17 with two DNFs, I feel like that's a little bit unacceptable. All right, Gunter's back on on the sad sauce. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't I don't know what Gunter mm-hmm. does, how he celebrates or um, grieves, like. And now a result like this, but he whatever he was doing last year, he's he's doing it again today.
1: All right, I'm gonna give it to a three-way tie between <laughs> Albon, Schumacher, and Magnussen. Yeah. Okay, Olivia.
0: Yeah.
1: Monaco next week. I have a uh-huh. I have a, a trivia question for you. Okay. So Monaco has been run, I think, every year since F1 began officially in 1950. I think so. The oldest yeah, consecutive 51. race. I like think the most races of any, even the classic tracks like Silverstone and Monza, they still took like random years off, like here and there. How many passes in the race do you think there's been since in this century? So that's what, 21, 21 races? How many how many passes have there been in the Monaco Grand Prix? Five? Twelve. Okay, twelve,
0: all right. So
1: you're still averaging one a pass every other year in the race. <laughs> so uh, that's some context for you all for next week.
0: I did okay. So one of my wasn't a prediction, but it was a wish and dream that Verstappen wins the championship, but Leclerc wins Monaco. Would
1: well, be nice to have the comeback.
0: I would. I think that would be so nice. So I am hoping for Leclerc on pole, and then Mon, and then Brace win, and Verstappen on second.
1: The good thing about Monaco is you're watching qualifying there will be absolutely thrilling. I can't wait. All right, Olivia, any anything else? No, I'll check. I'm done. See you back in Monica. All right. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.